Welcome back to the Crow's Nest. My name is Jackson Shank, alongside my co-host Justin Valenzuela for today's episode where we're going to talk a little MLB with some Dusty Baker and the Mets' historic win over the Phillies, our summer plans, and maybe some reflection on freshman year, along with more talk on the NBA playoffs. Justin, how are we doing today? Jackson, I'm doing pretty good. You know why? Why is that? Because we have the lovely Bell Wiseman in studio today. Bell, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Excited to have you. This is great. I haven't done this in a while. Um, I used to have a podcast back at home, and doing that, talking about sports, and just doing it with your friends is just, it's something that I love, so I'm really excited for today's episode really? with you guys. So how'd the podcast back home work? So we recorded in a studio uh, not too far from... Uh, where I live like an actual studio yeah yeah, yeah. like oh, a re- like it was a recording studio um, and it'd be really cool sometimes so they would have sections where you would have bands like recording or you would have people singing or recording podcasts like we did with my friend and I um, and we would go in there and everything would be set up just like it is in here and we'd rent it out for about two hours and talk for as long as we needed and do the editing and get it done it was it was great it was so much fun that's awesome what was it called um so our podcast was called pass the mic podcast pass the mic that's yes that's, that's <laughs> so we had a hard time coming up with a name and doing um like coming up with like a logo but like we had our friends help us out because everybody was really excited for us to do this because it was something that normally not a lot of people were doing yeah. around us so yeah i miss doing it but i'm happy to do today with you guys nice that was actually one of our biggest challenges too was the name i think like because we we'd actually recorded like three episodes before we even came up with one right and like we were stumbling we were trying to do like because we both have j in our name so we're like trying to incorporate j somehow and it just it kept it wouldn't work and then eventually this man i'm back home chilling (laughs) he just texts me he's like i got the name crow's nest (laughs) I, i love it it's different it's because sometimes you do want to incorporate your name just so people know it's your podcast. Mm-hmm. But having a different name that maybe has something to do with like what you do in your everyday life, it just it brings more character to the podcast, Definitely. I think. All right. Well, welcome, Belle. Thank you so much for joining us. You do a heck of a job for us on the social media side of things. Now, we haven't gotten into this, but you know, we talked about your podcast experience. Let's talk about you know, what you're doing here at Seton Hall, because you chose this school as a girl trying to get into the sports media field. Uh, Run us kind of through what you're doing and maybe your plans for the future. Okay, so I came here because I want to go into sports media. um, And Seton Hall was one of the few schools that was not only close to home, but had the exact program that I wanted to go into. So for athletics, I work with Pirate Sports Network, with uh, with Jackson, and I'm trying to learn all the different types of jobs that are within that field. So there's directing, producing, running replay, graphics, um, and hopefully, possibly, maybe do sideline reporting or announcing a game because those are things I want to experience and see if you know it's something that I would be interested in. But I've always really wanted to be a sideline reporter. I just love how they're able to be there at major sporting events give stats give updates interview players after a game it's it it just has always intrigued me so yeah i'm really really looking forward to continue working here um learning and working with you guys because i think all of us obviously are going for somewhat the same thing and we all have a lot of potential since you know we're only freshmen we have our own podcast 
we are working for PSN. You guys are with WSOU. So we have a lot to go through, and I'm really, really excited for yeah. all that. Not to mention the school itself is investing a lot to the sports media side of things. We have the Center for Sports Media now. We got that donation from Bob Lee. There's just a lot going on. So, like, it's really awesome to see. And it's just a great time to be here. Because I was talking to, I think you guys both know him, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, the fifth year. He, uh, I bumped into him walking back to uh, my dorm. And he was like, oh, like, I'm still, like, uh, he's excited to leave. But at the same time, he's a little jealous because, like, he sees there's so many things happening that he's not going to be able to experience. But he's happy for us as freshmen to um, inevitably become sophomores, juniors, and have, like, be like the pioneers of it and be the first to experience it. So I think that's really cool. No, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that with how how much more attention like sports media has been getting, um, especially I think more females need to get involved in sports media because there just needs there needs to be that stronger like girl power. Um, and they see I I mean there's only right as of right now three or four of us girls at PSN. Um, so, and they're trying to like, you know, incorporate that into everything else that we're doing because don't get, don't get me wrong. Like you guys are great. Everything that you guys do is awesome. Um, and you guys really do make up the sports world, but I really do think that there needs to be, you know, more girls involved in that. Um, and especially like you said, like with, you know, the center for sports media coming up and that becoming a more um, vocal point, like for Seton Hall, I think a lot of people like that's going to start to get a lot of attention. Definitely, good to hear everyone's side of things, really, and having a guest on the podcast so much fun. Just a whole different atmosphere. It's a, it's a whole different vibe. I like it a lot. It is. All right, let's get into the first set of news. We're going to head into the MLB, where Dusty Baker collected his two thousandth win as a manager. He's now two wins behind eleventh all time and Bruce Bochy. And he is five wins behind Leo DeRocher to crack the top 10 all-time. Dusty has been a heck of a manager for five teams now. Cubs, Giants, Reds, Nationals, and Astros. Justin, I think we were talking earlier, he has two rings as a manager. So Dusty put together a heck of a resume and definitely one hell of a coach. Not to mention 19 years as a major as well for the Dodgers. So that's just really awesome. I always love the players turn to managers or players turn to coaches because I just feel like they connect with the players a lot more. So I feel like the locker room vibes are probably like amazing. Like I know personally as a you know, student athlete in high school and stuff like that, my coach was like the hometown hero for my town and he was like one of the best players in our program. And then he comes back and he invests in it and he's a coach for it. So like just the the connection that we all shared with him was a lot different than someone that like is just a junkie, like let's just say like Adam Gase, who knows nothing, who's just a freak show, like analytic guy. Like, I feel like the connection isn't there. So I'm pretty happy for the Astros, even though they cheat. So can't forgive that. But Dusty Baker's a cool guy. Yeah, that's the question I was actually going to spin to Bell. And that is, you know, Justin, you talked about a great locker room, but what do you think, Bell, it requires of a manager to come in after the scandal that the Astros had and still be successful? I think when you deal with something as big and headlining as the scandal um, and being someone who has to really take on all the media and all the backlash from this, it's, yes, like, you could go on and pretend like it doesn't happen, but then again, like, it's this is all, this is all a mental approach. Having a scandal in the MLB is was huge. That yeah. headlined everywhere. Um, like I said, a lot of backlash. 
um, and trying to keep your players within that mindset to keep going. Yes, it happened. Yes, we messed up. Even if they don't want to admit to it, you have to keep going forward because you're not going to be the same team if you continue to like go back to that oh shoot that happened now what's what are, what's everybody going to think or what's going to happen when we play other teams because i'm I, and i'm sure it, i'm sure this did happen um after you know this like the news broke there would be you know a pitcher or so, like something and they would purposely the astros would, the astros would purposely be hit by pitch oh yeah no that right yeah. i yeah. think on opening day uh, Altuve got beamed like twice or something like right. that, and then he he was like the most hit player throughout the whole season. The year after. there was stuff all throughout spring training as well. I know, I think it was Altuve's actual first at bat. He got beamed. Yeah, that's a really really good point though. I feel like as a player coach, I think uh, they went to the World Series like yeah. his first year as a manager. So that just shows the camaraderie that he had with the players. And I feel like I, I don't know if like a a guy who's not in touch with his players gets that job done like that. I don't think he holds the team together. That was a very good point. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's what makes Dusty so special is the ability to keep that atmosphere so strong. And we know this Astros team is very talented. They lost Carlos Correa this year, and they lost George Springer the year prior. But, man, that core now in Bregman and Jordan Alvarez, and they had Guriel for a while. So this team has been very strong for a long, long time. And it was nice to see Dusty Baker kind of bring everything back in after what happened. And I think that's a great job by the front office in Houston. And I think the fans should be very proud of who they are now. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's such a shame for the Astros because they were such a bad team for so long, like notoriously bad. And they finally have like the success. And it sucks that the the organization itself is now stained with this, uh, you know, heinous cheating that they did which really sucks i was happy for them for a long time even though they did beat up on us and they cost us a world series i was still like as a jet fan definitely or as like just a supporter of bad teams as a royals fan i'm sure you know when a team sucks forever and then they finally get good like you're, you're actually rooting for them you're excited but you know then they go out and turns out that there's kind of a reason that they were so good so that's unfortunate well let's talk about a team that is well that we know of very strong right now without any scandals uh the new york mets had a historic win the other night against the phillies they were coming into that night they were oh and a hundred or 333 when down by six runs heading into the last inning and the mets made that one and 333 the other night against the phillies they continue to amaze this year as they are now 19 and 9 and atop the nl east and that surpasses the yankees as the best record in baseball they however have played three more games than us so uh, no, yeah, definitely pains me to talk about the Mets as yeah, well. Really, me too. I'm, <laughs> I am a big Mets hater. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like as a Yankee fan. I just don't. I just see. Them. Yeah, and you know, coming from Queens, um, people, you know, would expect to hear, "Oh, yeah, you're a Mets fan." Oh well, no, I am indeed a, a Yankee fan. You know what's good for you. You have a brain. That's <laughs> exactly. Why. See, my man, he knows what's up. Of course. Um, no, but the Mets have been playing amazing amazing baseball they really do they have a stack squad yeah they do um but i also think that their offense has struggled like they'll have their high points but they'll also have their low points and i think that they've really come together learned how to play well together which i'm I'm sure they did but now with this dynamic that they have like they're they're going on a run and it's it's great their pitching has always they've always had good pitching but their problem was is that they could never 
be consistently healthy. Yeah. So, um, but you know, to see to see everybody healthy, playing well, it, it's it's good baseball to watch. I'm not yeah, gonna definitely. lie. If I want to watch a good baseball game, I I'll, I'll watch a Mets game. Yeah. I really don't mind. I, I'm really looking forward to the Subway Series. I'm like last year's Subway Series was amazing, so this one's just gonna oh, be the, and with crazy. especially with both of these New York teams playing extremely yeah, the well, two best it's records in baseball. it's it's gonna be a showdown for sure. Yeah, the scary part about them too, Degrom's not even back. They're doing all this, yeah. and they're like they're literal best players out. So yeah. that's that's a little unfortunate. So this should be so. this should be interesting yeah, when he comes back, and it, it, he needs to. I and I love watching Degrom pitch. Yeah, I think no, he's, he's an elite pitcher. He's he's just he's he's crazy. He's crazy good. Um, so to see him, you know, back in the rotation is definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, what's crazy about Degrom is he was not like a highly touted. He was a ninth round pick. The 272nd overall selection, and his original like signing bonus was ninety five thousand dollars. That's ninety k. That's crazy. And now look, he's quite literally for me the best pitcher I've ever seen. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And Justin, I think that goes to show that no matter what, a New York sports team when it comes to baseball, New York by the end of the season should both that the city should be very proud of the teams that it holds close to their hearts uh yeah i'm proud for the yankees yeah definitely i'll agree with half of that statement it's the rivalry is deep man you you don't you don't understand the rivalry that we actually have i don't i, I actually went to a subway series game though last year yeah, it's unfortunate you had to see it end that way actually I, I was very fortunate to see lindor hit three home runs i thought that was probably the best game i could have gone to see and seeing oh, the I forgot fight you're a yankee hater the fight that, that broke out between well I'm a, I'm a mets hater too we beat him in the world series Hell so yeah. shout out so i i watched the game in my mike moustakis jersey and enjoyed it very thoroughly I'm and sure i was just that. i was just there for the experience you know meeting various new york fans they are all over the place and you know, Yankees fans actually love me for the jersey that I was wearing, but I still told them that I wasn't rooting for anybody, so that was the whole thing. But like, You're man, such a polarizing it's, it's... figure, Jackson. <laughs> I took I'm polarizing kid, when it comes to New York. I, I, t- I took this kid to a draft party. He's showing up in a ketchup packet jersey, and everyone, yo, everybody had something to say. Like, we could not walk around without somebody going, "Oh, Chiefs fan, what's this guy? Do you a bandwagon?" Hilarious. Anyway, let's get let's get deeper into the personal life and actually talk about some of our favorite memories from this past year because we are closing out on freshman year. We've got what a week and a half until we move out. I think it's uh, I I fly home in twelve days, so plenty plenty of days left. But let's uh, let's recount some of our favorite memories. One of mine was actually you know you talk you mentioned the draft party going to the subway series was awesome. There was. There was the flood. I mean, I know that wasn't a great day for Seton <laughs> Hall. Did somebody like jump into the storm drain? Yeah, we That's had crazy. we had a we had a few. Those were actually the guys I met the next day, and they ended be ended up becoming my uh, my friends. They actually live on my floor. But yeah, shout out uh, shout out Kai Henson for uh, hopping in the storm drain. He was the guy you saw on Seton Hall bar stool <laughs> the next morning. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, I think we can all agree we were all in. Uh, Seth Everett's intro to sports media class. Shout out, Seth. That was a, and that that's what got this podcast going. Yep. So that was a, that was a huge part of it. We all really fell in love with the sports media field because of that class. I think too, it was a big, big component in yeah. us really being thankful in the school that we chose because we knew we were in the right place. 
Yeah, and I mean, meeting the people that we were able to meet and interact with because of Seth, Seth is something that I'll hold dear to my heart, like, for a very long time. Like, Andrew Catalan, like, all of them, Bob Lee, like, every, it was just, it's really cool to, like, be a first semester freshman one month into my whole school year, and, like, I'm already, I've already met Catalan and Lee, and, like, this awesome stuff, really awesome. And A-Rod. Oh, my God, how could I forget I made A-Rod. No, yeah, that, doing that event, working that event, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was so nervous because, obviously, diehard Yankee fan, um, and watching A-Rod play for so, so long and just admiring the player that he was. Um, and I told my family that I had been, that I was going to be working the event, and they were like, oh, my gosh, you better get a signature. You better get a picture or something. But we, we had to act as professional as possible. Yeah. So we weren't, but we did get to spend those um, 30 minutes uh, speaking with him and asking asking questions um, and it was great I, that was definitely one of the highlights of my freshman year I definitely think to you know obviously getting to be in that intro to sports media class like you said um, really just it, it really opened my eyes up to more of what the sports media world is like uh, and getting to meet uh, getting to be on a zoom call with, with Bob Lee was fantastic yeah, that, that was, was it was amazing um, and then obviously starting to work for PSN, that is probably one of not if the best things that has ever happened to me. I've met so many amazing people. Um, I've got to do things and work at basketball games, now doing baseball games currently. Um, and I got to work uh, the Texas game at the Prudential oh, Center, that's awesome. which was incredible. Uh, horns down. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just, you know, running around, getting stuff done for social media because I help run the TikTok account for Seton Hall Athletics. I didn't know that. That's yes. Awesome. Yeah. They so come up on my For You page every once in a that, while. There now, we go. Now that I know, I, you know what? I'm kind of like a cloud demon low key. So like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like following people and like having like crazy following numbers if my followers isn't up there too. But because I know that you help run it, I'm a follow. Oh, thank I'm you. <laughs> so for that Texas game, I was running around trying to get clips um, for the TikTok but it, the environment in the Prudential Center was rocking. Let yeah, me the, tell you, it was I have shaking. never been in in the Pru where it was that loud ever. It yeah. was absolutely amazing, I, and and that I live for that stuff. Yeah. Being in an atmosphere in a big game like that was an incredible. Like the student section was going Crazy. nuts. Yeah. Oh, also too, like when they had the the Rutgers game. Oh that yeah, was, that one was live too. <laughs> that was loud. I I honestly think the Texas game was louder. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were a lot of people at both of those games. But get being able to work at both of those games and like be behind the scenes, and especially because when you do, uh, when we work for a PSN, we get to do pre and post game work. So working post game, you got to sit in the post game interviews with the players, with the coaches. So getting oh, to hear them really talk cool. about the game and talk about what you know stats what they thought about the game hearing the reporters ask questions it, it it's just it, it was just amazing and, I, and i'm so so thankful for it and you're representing them too i've seen that one of my favorite moments in that game too was that was the first game that justin and i actually like sat with each other to watch a game for yeah and as a kid from kansas i had no history on seton hall basketball and Justin was telling me all about this Bryce Aiken kid. And I was just in disbelief. Like he was this six foot one, you know, in basketball shoes point guard. If that. Yeah. yeah. And he, he had shaky handling throughout the whole game. 
and he was 0 for 6, if I remember correctly, going into, I think, the final minute of the game from, from behind the arc. And Justin, Justin looks at me and is like, dude, this is Bryce Aiken's moment. And the guy literally pulls up and hit a three. He hit the dagger in the game. And you and I were going freaking wild yeah. in the seats because that was the, that was the three that put them ahead by four points in with, with under a minute. It was just too much for Texas to come back from. Yeah, I'm very, very close ties to Bryce Aiken. Big fan of his. It's unfortunate that his season ended the way it did. But with that said... He played when it when it mattered most. He, he he was there for us. I think he was our best clutch performer. So we're definitely gonna miss that and Roden next year too. So we're gonna R. miss R. a bunch, a yeah, bunch they, of people. Yetna's gone. Uh, yo, what is up with all of every single one of our freshmen transferred? Yeah, but like they were like they were like back to back to back to back. And Weston, to our third highest recruit ever in program history, transferred. Um, that one's gonna hurt, I think, because he's a versatile six six guard. So like yeah. that we're gonna miss that, but we did get a four star transfer from Clemson. So hopefully he balls out for us next year. I'm gonna put you on some of the boys back home. We got we got some we got some studs back in Kansas. There's a guy in the uh, in the class of 2023 that I actually wanna I wanna talk to Pete about. He's ranked number 13 in the nation. His name's Brian Hawthorne. He went to my high school. He is an absolute beast. He's a point guard. Yeah, why aren't we recruiting him, dude? What the hell? <laughs> Yo, we got a Kansas representative right here. We'll fly you uh, out. I'll be we on will it. fly you out. No, I'll do it. And on then, the and then you can have like dinner with him and his family, and like mm-hmm. you know, make him feel loved. And then he'll commit here, and then he'll lead us to a Big East champ, a uh, Big East win, in the chip. And then he's going to lead us to the Final Four, win it, and then win everything. Yeah, there it's you go. All because of you. So all right. Thank you. Sounds good. Well, with that being said, let's transition into our summer plans. You know, maybe recruitment can be on that list. I am going to be working my slow pitch umpire job make bank in kansas uh twenty dollars an hour in fact in a place where min wage is 725 so go me i uh i get to work four hours a day uh hanging out with some drunk 40 year olds who enjoy some slow pitch sometimes i like to join them i'll play in some tournaments every once in a while it is an absolute blast if anyone who is of the college age and thought about playing sports in college but ended up just you know going to college and still has the athleticism a little bit go play some slow pitch anyway we're going to continue the podcast i know that's going to be something that is going to go on i uh, i just ordered a blue yeti so we have i have a microphone for when we record over over zoom i think we're going to do it might be zoom might be another might be another thing but uh yeah let me know y'all's Summer plans. Okay, so summer plans. Let's see. Well, doing this podcast over the summer, maybe, hopefully, possibly starting up my other one with my friend from back home. Um, I think that'd be something that I'd, you know, have a fun time doing just because I miss doing it so much. Um, and maybe possibly my own podcast Ooh, starting that up. Uh, that's in the works. We're trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, but I'm going to be working a summer camp over the summer um yeah so it's it's five days a week so it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be Oof. really draining but i think i'm pretty sure it's minimum wage and new york minimum wage is about 15 dollars. so you know jackson i might be making a little more bank than you <laughs> it just costs more for everything now so it's like the same <laughs> at the end of the day um and let's see what else i'm going on a couple of trips 
Um, going to Mexico with the family. Nice. Uh, going to the Poconos with a bunch of my friends from home. Uh, we'll have a great time with that. Oh, I bet. <laughs> um, let's see what else. And I definitely want to go to a bunch of baseball games. And every summer we try to, my dad likes to take us to a different ballpark every summer. So we've been to, we've been to Baltimore. We've been to Pittsburgh. We've been to the Nationals, uh, stadium. Where else have we been? Obviously both New York stadiums. Been to Tampa. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, I really, really want to go to Canada. Just Toronto is a different Go experience. to Toronto. I, I think that'd definitely be fun. But my dad um, has always wanted to go to the West Coast to look at more ballparks. So we'd hit up the Angels, Padres, Dodgers, A's, and Giants. So that's a lot. Uh, so I don't know how long we would have to be there for. That might Probably. be a week trip because Cali's big. Cali like, is big. And I'm it, sure, like, I don't know the layout, but. I feel like like the A's and Angels might be like super far from each other, like oh, four, yeah, five, definitely. six, seven hours. No, yeah. So, and not only would I want to hit up like the ballparks, but just like look around California too. Um, never been, so would really, really like to see that. And you know, I would love to take a trip to Kansas and go to a Royals game. <laughs> we go meet. We go meet up with Jackson. We yeah, have we a good might. Time. Yo, we might have to take a trip. We might have we to might take, have to a, take trip. a trip. That this would... summer, honestly, this summer pull up go to a royals game go to like a royals tigers game or some like oh, rivalry game for y'all yeah that could be fun i mean that I would like be that. really really like fun that. um but yeah s- summer is definitely always a time where i get to relax and i do like the absolute most um i go on trips i try and work as much as i can um i just it, it's a time for me to relax and get away yeah. from reality for a little bit and just especially now like being away obviously i know jackson is different for you you're you you're flying distance, and that's really really difficult. And I and I kudos to you for that because I, I don't think I would ever be able yeah. to do that. Um, but I do miss my hometown friends, so I'm really excited to come home and see them. Which so annoying. We are one of like the last colleges to right. go home for the our summer. S- firstly, our spring break was before everyone's. Yeah, and we get out like a week or two after everybody else too. Kind of kind of whack. Yeah, so that like all my all my friends, I'm pretty sure are done this week. Or our home, or they'll be home by like at some point next week, and then we still have finals the following week, yeah. and we then we have to be completely moved out by the nineteenth. Yes, nineteenth. Yeah, those. by like ten a.m. Which I'm not moving out that day, but still, like for people who have like in person finals like the day before to like or that start at yeah. like four thirty or, like, or, or like a night class, like yeah. that's that's horrible. Imagine Vic, he's all the way in Cali. That's crazy. imagine he gets like a. Uh, like a final the day before and it's like at night like you said i know that's kind of screaming i know someone was telling me they have a final in person the day before the 18th at like 4 30. i was like that's ridiculous yeah i think that's not fair mine's at two i got yeah we have one on the 17th at 3 p.m shout out doug morris actually don't shout out doug morris (laughs) gosh that class is so so frustrating anyway but yeah, there's plenty, plenty of summer to go around. I'm looking forward to going back to the homeland. My girlfriend's actually already out of college. Shout out Sarah. She's enjoying her summer already. So yeah, plenty of summer is in our future. Looking forward to just being able to, you know, enjoy it. Take in nice weather, be outside, stuff like that. All right. With that being said, let's head to the NBA where we're going to continue our talks you know, man, it seems like every episode we're getting a little NBA playoffs in, and that's just because Prime people can't get enough season. of it, man. True. You know what I can't get enough of, which we actually can't speak on the podcast because we're too uneducated about it, is 
Stanley Cup playoffs are on, baby. Yeah, that's I'm having true. a lot of fun watching the games. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if only we were hockey fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big hockey fan. I'm like actually really, really big. But you, being a Midwesterner, have actually no idea what the hell the sport hockey is. So, you know okay. what? You know what, Jackson? S- slow down, Cowboy. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna turn you into a Devils fan. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll oh, have to see. Do not look there at me are, like that, though. There the are, Rangers there are or a Rangers f- fan, I bet, or Islanders. There are no teams. There are no teams in Kansas. So oh, that's that's the big that's the big issue. Like the close, I think the closest thing I have is the St. Louis Blues, and I don't know. I've never like we got to go to Peru and check out a game. Yeah. I think that well, would be a lot of fun, and that might that might you know. Yeah, I mean, Devils games, they it's not very full. Be honest, but that's just because we suck. But once we're good, they're full. I've been to, I've been to oh, games. Oh, I'm where used to that. We're good. Word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you can relate. All right, bet. Devils fans, jeez. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm a Rangers fan. So, but my brother now has grown up and is has started to watch the Islanders a lot. So he's an Islanders fan. So the division between the family is is real intense. Um, but I went to my very first hockey game over. Christmas break, and I went to an Islanders game at the new, the new stadium, U, uh, arena. UBS Arena, and it was beautiful. I, and I had such a good time; it was so much fun. I definitely want to go to more hockey games. Uh, one of my friends from back home, shout out Kayla, uh, she is a diehard uh, Ranger fan, and she has um, season tickets. Oh, that's sick! Uh, and she go, and she was there um, at MSG the other night, and just seeing like how crazy and electric the atmosphere is is like it's it, and that and I love that and I mentioned that before uh, about uh, the basketball games at the Peru. Uh, it just the hockey atmosphere is just insane. Yeah, I, it's I don't crazy. Think, yeah, I don't think anything can compare to the Stanley Cup playoff atmosphere. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. you're in a you're in an arena. They're the smallest. Not don't shake your head, bro. Look, Arrowhead. It's a traditional stadium. It's open. There's tons of fans. How many fans pull into Chiefs playoff games? Seventy five thousand. Yeah, no. Hockey arenas get like. 20k and they're packed on top of each other and then and they're indoors so it gets really really loud oh yeah no and even though i've i've only been to um one nfl game uh i went to a cowboys giants game and we all know how that went cowboys you know of course smoked it up um (laughs) wait don't tell me you're a cowboys i am a cowboys what (laughs) oh my god dude i can't look at you this way i can't (laughs) you know know what game i went to which one? Uh, well, I have season tickets, so I go to a bunch. But oh, one nice. of my one of my favorite games, actually, you're gonna love this. I already know. So, so Sam Darnold tests positive for mono. <gasps> oh, he my miss- brother was. Yeah, I think miss- my brother went to that he game. Misses, he mi- yeah, he misses four games. His first game back leads us to a dub over the Cowboys. I had my one of my best friends from back home. Shout out Evan. Um, is a big Cowboys fan. Bought him. Got to laugh at him. <laughs> that was awesome. And then. On the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 opening day, the Jets also beat the Cowboys. One of my favorite games of all time. Darrell Revis picked off Romo, so that's sick. Actually, we kind of own you. I think the last three times we played, the Jets have won. Listen. We have. Yeah, let's Listen. go. All right. I'm happy. Um, but I've, I've never been to an NFL playoff game. Even if it's not a Cowboys game, I really, really, really want to go to an NFL playoff game. Yeah. Just because even like watching on TV, I'm like, I would absolutely love to go to one. I'd be. I think I'd be too. As a diehard, I, I would go. T- actually, I would definitely go to a Jets playoff game. Never really had that opportunity, obviously. But yeah, I'll be there. I'd be nervous as hell though, but I'll be there. Justin, sometime you got to come by the Arrowhead Invitational. Uh, the AFC Championship game. I actually went 
last year, or no, not last year, but I went uh, two years prior when we defeated the Bills 38-20. to 20. Oh, that's awesome. Electric atmosphere, and you know you're a Chiefs fan when you lose your voice by the end of the first quarter. That just goes to show how lovely Arrowhead is and how loud it gets, you know, highest decibel level of any stadium, and it's outdoors. So I got to say that's pretty freaking impressive. Oh, y'all yeah. y'all got to swing by KC, catch a game. It's it's remarkable. Anyway, let's get into the topic that we were trying to discuss, <laughs> the NBA. The Heat are taking on the Sixers in their third game tonight, and it looks like Embiid is finally cleared. So, man, the, the Sixers got a lot to do. They fell 119 to 103 in their last matchup. They've got a 2-0 win now, or the 2-0 lead now. So, whoo, man, Sixers are going to need some big life out of Embiid. And to come off an injury like the one that he did, you know, I wonder how it's going to affect him in the game, how he sees how he sees the uh, how he sees the basket and just his vision on the court in general, whether or not he's going to be dazed. It is a head is a head injury, so that's it's it's a big problem for the 76ers. And on the other side of things, Kyle Lowry comes back in Game Three, so Heat that's are a, a Heat team that's already dominating the Sixers gets their point guard back, who comes off a hamstring injury. Yeah, I think this is very important for the Sixers because I think with Embiid on the court, they're the better team. You mentioned dominating them, but this is an Embiidless Sixers team that they're dominating, carried by Harden, whom we all know how I feel about Harden, not the best performer when it matters. But with that said, I'm curious to see if it affects his aggressiveness because I feel like the thing that makes Embiid so great is like his tenaciousness and just how aggressive he is in the paint. But if you break your face and get a concussion, like how willing are you to do the dirty work and drop your head, drop your shoulder, you know, get hit around? Like, does that affect it at all? I'm really, I'm curious to see. We're going to have to see. But one last quick thing. Tyler Hero won the Sixth Man of the Year award. So, shout out Tyler Hero. This is kind of the, I feel like this is the place that he's always been. He's been that kind of fringe starter slash, like, really high off the bench player. And he wins the award this year. Bell, we went through predictions in our first episode talking about the NBA playoffs. Give us your prediction. Well, we'll go through each one, but give us your prediction for this series. Um, See, with Embiid out and now coming back, yeah, it's a great um, addition back to their starting lineup, but I don't know what his minutes are going to be like. I don't know if they're going to be a little more cautious about that, but both of these teams really it's it, this is this one's tough you say it's it's a close one i say it's a close one yeah. um I, I i don't know if Embiid comes back and plays the way that he does i do think the sixers will take this yeah I agree. without a doubt if he's not playing the way that Embiid plays and um he struggles it's going to be really difficult for the sixers to take this series i think yeah no doubt well, let's move on to another 2-0 series that doesn't look as close. Suns versus Mavs. The Suns once again destroyed the Mavericks, beat them by 20 last night, improved to 2-0. It's just the Mavs are burnt. They're exposed. Luka can't do it himself. So I, I don't see this series. Maybe five, maybe. But like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a sweep just because the Mavericks are so overmatched. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the Suns, as we've seen them, in their, they, the playoffs are their prime. 
It, it really is. They played the best basketball that they played during playoffs, and that's how it should be. Um, Mavs, Luca, he's getting tired. Yeah, he is getting tired. This man, he's he's basically carrying. It's yeah. it, 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 he really is. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for all the work that he does for this team, but I don't think that he's going to have enough to pull out with um, with this series and come on top. I think the Suns, without a doubt, are taking it. There's yeah, there's no argument there. No. Yeah, I predicted this would be a 4-0 sweep for the Suns, and we saw it the other night in the postgame uh, conference. The Mavs head coach, Jason Kidd, he, he's just like, yeah, we can't have Luka alone just dropping 30 a night. That's not going to win us a game. So you see it. They're exposed. They need another playmaker on this team, and no one has stepped up for the Mavs. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this multiple times. Just they, If the Mavericks know what's good for them, they have to get Luka another star because in a day and age where the player, you know, can just outright demand a trade, like for no like there's no loyalty left in the league and players, you know, they they prioritize themselves and their best interest rather than the team, which is, you know, it's it's an interesting aspect. Like some people might agree with it, some people might not. It's kind of controversial in that way. But if they know what's good for them, they need to get him a star this summer. They need to. Yes, they do. All right, let's move on to the Celtics and Bucks. Celtics got a surprisingly dominant win. I was not expecting them to come out with a win this quickly while they were I mean, even even the fact that they're in Boston, like you know, they got they got home court advantage, but man, Giannis just such a dominant presence. But when you shoot less than seventeen percent from behind the arc, you're not gonna win a whole lot of games against a team that plays really well from behind the arc, and that's what happened with the Celtics. Jalen Brown dropped thirty, Jason Tatum continuing to have dominant games, and Celtics even the series won a piece. Yeah, I uh I'm not really sh- sure what to think about this game. I don't know who this says more about cuz like you said the Bucks shot horribly. And like I I've seen I've seen how dominant the Celtics can be, but just the fact that they shot 16.7% from behind the arc alone makes me think this was more of a fluke than like them actually overmatching the Bucks. Or you could also attribute it to their defense. It's, it goes hand in hand. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a little confused about the series cuz I thought the Bucks would come out and dominate the whole series, but the Celtics showing a lot of fight in them. Yeah, they only had nine of their 86 points coming from behind the arc. That's a lot of points in the paint. So if the Bucks want to close out this series, they got to be a complete team. Yeah, They cannot be just a dominant physical team because of how strong the offensive side of things that the Celtics have. So the Bucks want to come out on top, got to be able to hit the three ball. Uh, no, yeah, definitely. Um, and when you're not shooting well from behind the arc, you would think, all right, uh, maybe I shouldn't shoot from here anymore, especially yeah. like if your shots are not going in, especially from behind the three, stop shooting from behind the three. If you know that you're a dominant team within the paint, that's where you should be attacking. Um, and I really think that, you know, the Bucks should have taken like taken up on that. And the Celtics took full advantage of it. Um, they really, you know, hu- hustled out, you know, the Bucks in terms of, you know, where their offense was at and it clearly sees in terms of how this series is going to end uh I really don't know um Giannis always been a dominating player uh (laughs) as he is um but I'd love to see the Celtics really put up a good fight yeah and come on top I think this this series could easily go six or seven it's it's a toss-up for me yeah yeah I'm probably gonna go Bucks though 
Yeah, I had Bucks in six. You and I both did actually. Yeah. But no, if uh, if Dom's if Dom's Celtics could come out on top, shout out Dom Crincoli. He's gonna be hopefully he's a guest that we have soon. He's been a little all over the place with the scheduling, but hopefully his Celtics can come out on top. But that brings us to the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So I was I was writing about a podcast script for my final in TV and film writing, the the Doug class that I was talking about earlier. And I actually got to a point in my script and I was like, wait, I'm going to have to put down at least one person's got to choose the Grizzlies, right? And I put myself down as Grizzlies in seven. And I was just like, whoa, hold on. Let me rethink this. So I have the Warriors. I think we both had them in, I think you either had them in five. Yeah. I had them in six, something like that. But, man, jaw. I mean, the the title of this episode, you guys see it, jaw-dropping. Holy cow. 47-8-8 stat line. Jaw, really, man, just put the team on his back in this game. And not not more you can ask from a guy who really, they really, really, really needed a win in their home stadium. And now they have to head to Oracle. You know, they took advantage of really poor shooting from a team that normally doesn't shoot poorly or your shot 18% from behind the arc. So how many times those are, those are going to happen? Probably not in the next couple games, which is why I'm going to stick with my warriors and six prediction, but man, the warriors, the warriors played bad and they lost a player or two and they only lost by five. Yeah. I think just, the Grizzlies, it took Jaw playing at his absolute best to beat a Warriors team playing at their worst. I mean, that, that says a lot, so I'm I'm sticking with my Warriors in five. They're going back to Oracle for two games. This, this very easily could become a 3-1 series, just like that. Well, we have seen interesting 3-1 series from the Warriors in the past. but We have, that is I doubt sure. I doubt that's this, that this is going to be the team to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jaw is just a dominating player. He, I, I've come to love him as a player. He plays extremely well. He is like no other. Uh, handles are insane. Shooting insane. Like this man could shoot from anywhere. And he's an athlete too. Like he'll jump forty inches and dunk on your head. Yeah, just crazy. Like I, and it'll it'll come up like on my Instagram feed. It'll be like clips from the game and. It'll be Jaw just like breaking ankles, and I'm like, this kid is a beast. He is dominant. Um, but I feel like it's kind of, in a way, like a Luca situation. Jaw is really carrying. Yeah. He really is. Like, and, and as we just saw, 47 8 8 stat line. That's that's insane to do that. And and he's for how young of a player he is. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy. It's the league is. The league is going to look a lot different in a couple of years just because of the amount of talent we have in these guys that are like under 25. Yeah, it's wild. insane. The the league, I mean, to see the league get younger if that does make sense. Um it it's it's going to change I feel like the pace of the game too. Um yeah. so to see how this series goes, I really don't know. Um the Warriors do Anytime I think of the Warriors in playoffs, I'm thinking of the Warriors like in their prime when they had KD, Steph, uh, Green, like that. That was their playoff prime. So uh, obviously they're not the same team as they were back then. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Warriors are going to come on top. Agreed. Yeah, talking about the league getting younger, man. Oh wow, Luca, Jaw, Ant. 
I mean, Donovan Mitchell kind of is has been a young star. Trey Young. Giannis is only 27. Giannis is 27. Yeah, like, but what I love about it, quite frankly, the league is seemingly getting a little more physical with these players because, you know, I, I've never been a huge NBA fan, but man, to get behind a player like Anthony Edwards or John Morant, someone who literally jumps so, like, just 45 inches in the air from the free throw line and baptizes somebody is just, it's something you want to get behind. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's Jaws' year this year, but man, to see to see the future of the league with all those guys, and even even uh, the MVP this year probably in Jokic and Embiid. Yeah. I, I don't know how I don't know how old Embiid is, but man, 25. this yeah, this league it, it's going to be a lot of fun in the future. But like you just said, Jackson, um, to see the league um, get physical, I to get more physical, I really do think that's something that the NBA was lacking for a really long time. Definitely. Like, some of these, like, players are just, I'm sorry, they're soft. Yes, <laughs> they, they are definitely soft. are. Like, and basketball, like, uh, it's it's nothing like hockey or football, but basketball's supposed to be a physical sport, too. You're supposed to be aggressive 110% of the time. Yeah. There's no question about it. And especially during the playoffs, you need to be on your A game. And to see players posting up, or diving for balls on the ground, go like dri- driving in and taking hits. That's something that basketball is, like that's that's the whole basis of basketball. So I I really do want to see more physicality um, from NBA players because you're there for a reason. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You better be playing the best that you can. And no doubt. I, like I feel like in the NFL, like the NFL is getting soft. Yes, it they are getting the soft way too much. So to see the NBA getting more physical and the NFL getting you know not as physical, it's like the heck, but I, I really do appreciate players who play with real physicality because it it really makes you a better player. Yeah. To you guys' point, as a lifelong NBA fan, I definitely see it. The last couple years I see a huge difference and it it's kind of interesting too because as a avid LeBron hater you see the league kind of turns a bit more physical and all of a sudden well LeBron's not not making the playoffs his team's one of the worst teams in the in the west coast so like that's interesting and like during the Kobe era and the LeBron era and the KD era and the Melo era the NBA was significantly softer there was a lot of flopping there was a lot more foul calls and it's definitely kind of switched up and we've seen it kind of come full circle and we see more physically dominant players like Embiid onto Takumpo to some extent Jokic and then athletic freaks kind of like MJ was back in his day you have like Ja dunking on people Anthony Edwards Russell Westbrook Derrick Rose all these guys so like the league definitely has changed significantly the last few years and I mean we see that with I think it's a lot of it has to do with overseas players too I think because a lot of them like the Greek freak is a foreign guy Embiid's foreign the MB the back-to-back two-time MVP's foreign so like I wonder if like playing in these European leagues or other leagues is making the players more physical and then they come here and they've kind of changed the game in a way because of that. So that's really cool. I definitely agree. Um, and it's funny you say that because so when I used to play basketball when I was in high school and growing up, uh, we played a team from Canada and they were like very like because you know how you have like your French, your very French Canadians. This team, they were extremely physical they were not afraid to knock us down in the slightest did they win they did yeah. <laughs> and because yeah yeah you do play against physical teams 
but like nothing like this team. They were fis- they they were they were bumping you to get they were boxing out to get to get rebounds. They were not afraid to get hurt yeah. at all and in the slightest. It, it, they did it in like a legal way too. It wasn't like they were fouling or anything like that. Right? Like yeah. They're playing the game the way it's supposed right. to be played, and you got to deal with and it. And I, and like I was saying before, when we were talking about the Sixers, um, I really, really, really like the way of how physical Embiid is because a big man like him, you got to be physical. Yeah, you got to go up strong to the basket. You can't be soft. You can't. You're not going to succeed in getting the points that you need in the paint. And when you're being, especially when you're being relied on, you can't play soft. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta play physical. Definitely, it's a very good point. It brings a lot of fun as a fan as well. I think that's a that's an aspect that we we find very underrated. It's a, it's very entertaining to see these guys be able to play without, you know, the refs stepping in and controlling it. But with that being said, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Bell, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys, and I look forward to coming back. We will always have you back. But for now, that is all. Thank you so much for listening. For Justin Valenzuela, my name is Jackson Shank. We will see you all next time. Peace.